Curiously Polar with Chris Marquardt and Mario Aguarona. Hey, hello and welcome back to Curiously Polar, the show where we talk about all things very north and very south. We'll be talking about north this week. And of course, with me as usual is my friend Mario. Hey, Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm, I'm, I'm preparing right now for, uh, for, for some time on the Norderlicht again, the ship that we, oh. kicked, we, we kicked this podcast all, off on. So, oh, that's fantastic. I will, where, where, where are you going to go? Well, it's, it's not a photo tour this time. It's a transfer because they spend the winter time in northern Norway around Tromsø. And the summertime or the spring and summertime up uh, around Svalbard. And this is the time in March where they transfer from Tromsø up to Longyearbyen in Svalbard. So I will be on that transfer. And That's it's, fantastic. It, it's I mean, not a cruise. It's, a it's I'll, I'll have to do some work on the ship, which is kind of exciting. Wow. Well, Hoisting sails and possibly holding, holding the wheel. Um, I, I don't know. It's I think there is a crew on deck or on board. Um, I think it's probably more like keeping the ship clean and and and, uh, and cooking in the kitchen. So yeah, so yeah, everyone to, has uh, to do a bit of work. There will be a bunch of people yeah. on board. Oh, that's that's fantastic! Oh, it's very it's, exciting. Uh, it's a really uh, it's a really nice ship, and uh, when you are uh, on a on a passage, you also have this uh, this destination feeling, and uh, right, and it's going to be a fantastic adventure crossing the Barents Sea uh, now at uh, this time of the year, is uh, because you're going next week, aren't you? Uh, in no, no, in mi middle of March. So it's another in the middle of March. Okay, of well, weeks. No, we're recording this in the middle of February, so it's about three weeks from now on. Yeah, that's uh, that's really good. Exciting uh, and sometime, and, but it's but it's still uh, middle of March is uh, early in the season. You can uh, you can have some exciting weather. I would I would hope so. I'm actually looking forward to this being exciting. <laughs> so yeah. So you have have you done this passage? I've done it several times. Okay. It's, um, the Barents Sea is, uh, I must say, it's one of the toughest uh, places you can cross. Awesome. Because it can be, uh, in my experience, it's always been uh, quite a lot of waves and the wind and and uh, fog. There are, it's, it's adventures. You really, uh, you really feel you are going into a place that is uh, not uh, totally friendly towards humans. And uh, on the other hand, you are in uh, in a very safe area for search and rescue. <laughs> okay, so so in case something and it's happens. very well charted. So it's uh, there is no uh, there are no unknowns apart from the fact that you do not know what kind of weather you're going to be having. So um, mm. so this might be adventurous, but is it? Is it well? It, it's done often, right? Lots of ships go through the Barents. Oh yes, oh yes. The Barents Sea is uh, very well uh, traveled. Um, there are um, there are lots of things happening in the Barents Sea, and um, the traffic from the uh, uh, ports of uh, Murmansk and Arkhangelsk in uh, northern Russia are um, is is one of the one of the original uh, routes that uh, connect uh, Russia to uh, to the rest of the world. It's um, they have ice-free um, harbors, um, especially Murmansk, and it's uh, 
it's so so there there is traffic commercial traffic and of course uh, uh, there are military bases so there is also military traffic there is a lot of uh, a lot of fishing going on um because the Barents sea is uh, very productive so there are uh, there is fishing for um, well mainly we have uh, as fish we have uh, cod and uh, and capelin and then there is um there is also recently uh, quite a lot of uh, large crabs like the king crab um that um are uh, are taken regularly up there and then there is also oil and gas exploration and on top of this uh, so there are there are uh, platforms uh, there are um, uh, rigs oil rigs <clears throat> and uh, gas rigs in different places and and then there is the uh, other traffic which is uh, like passenger or cruising traffic or people that uh, are not necessarily uh, uh, going for uh, any of the other industries this um, there are quite a lot of things so are there any interesting landmarks on the way from Norway to to uh, Spitsbergen I've uh, seen on the map there is this one island in the middle uh you said it's called bear island yeah is that, is that some yeah. it, it look it looks white on the map so is it only <laughs> only cold <laughs> and ice or is there anything on that on on Bjornoya you have a, a weather station a norwegian weather station Bjornoya uh, bear island is the uh is part of the svalbard archipelago Okay. Uh, and uh, and so it's a it's a Norwegian territory, and uh, it is uh, there is a a Norwegian weather station um, more or less on halfway on the north coast. And Bear Island is a little triangle, uh, roughly a triangle with the one of the vertices uh, pointing southwards, and um, and uh, halfway on the northern shore on the northern side you have this uh, weather station. It's, and that's it. Uh, yeah, it's the <laughs> only uh, the only people that live on Bear Island live there. Uh, it has been used previously for hunting, so there have been some hunters or some trappers. But it's uh, nowadays it's only the weather station that has a permanent uh, settlement. Are there... And and these are uh, these are people that take turns, of course, in uh, in manning the station. Mm. So, are there are there any other landmarks on the way? Uh, not, really. not really. I mean, we, because you have a well, depending on on what your passage is. You, if you're starting from Tromsø, you are going to uh, sail in the inland channels, um, so protected from the from the ocean um, swells and and winds for a little while, uh, for about uh, yeah, twelve hours or something, sixteen hours. You're going to be inside the channels, and then you have to. Uh, uh, go out into or dare to be out in the in the open ocean and uh, <clears throat> and this is a passage that is uh, between Tromsø and Longyearbyen in a straight line you have about 600 miles 600 nautical miles uh, so about a thousand kilometers <clears throat> and you will um, you will cross only Bear Island in the middle and then you reach uh, at one point the southern tip of uh, Spitsbergen uh, South Cape and then you'll um, you'll uh, sail along the west coast 
of uh, of Spitsbergen and uh, depending on the weather and if you have time or what the wishes are you would be uh, you would have the possibility of uh, of going in the uh, one of the one or a couple of the very interesting fjords that are before Icefjord um, south of Icefjord so you'll have uh, Hornsund in the south uh, which is the seat of a uh, the place or the location of our um, Polish research station, which is the longest-running research station in uh, on Svalbard, and then you'll have um, Belsund, which is the mouth of two fjords, Van Meyen and Van Curlen fjord, um, which is also very interesting. There have been some quite impressive research uh, activities by a ship called uh, La Recherche, a French ship in uh, Belsund and these two fjords and uh, at the bottom of one of these fjords you have the uh, a coal mine that was still in use until recently called uh, Svea <clears throat> and, uh, and then you'll have Icefjord and Icefjord is also a big fjord so uh, remember we stopped in Trughamna mm-hmm. on the way in on the northern shore uh, you'll have maybe the possibility of uh, checking out a couple of other places um, um, inside um inside the east yard depending on the time and the weather and the, <laughs> the wishes of uh of the crew so, so i think i think you have a lot of things to see but you'll also spend probably i would say it's reasonable to calculate at least three full days at sea if not four that's that's what yeah. you said before we recorded yeah. and uh, i think the actual time there, there's quite some slack in there i think we're looking at nine or ten days at sea so um probably taking weather and some exploration into account yeah definitely on on bear island it's going to be very difficult to land it's uh the the shores are very inhospitable and uh, unless the weather is the sea is flat and you have very little wind it's very difficult to land on bear island but um, I hope that you will pass close by that there is going to be good visibility because it's a it's a site that uh, is quite uh, seldom to have and uh, probably quite alien a, as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the, Bear Island doesn't have any any ice cap. Um, um, at that time, you probably still have some some snow uh, on top of it, but it's it's not something. It's not something that is impressive as uh, as other islands of the Svalbard archipelago that that you can where you can see large glaciers, but it has this aura of mystery. And then the name Bear Island is uh, is something that, of course, you have to put on the you have to put on the on your uh, on your uh, the, how do you call it uh, agenda and <laughs> and check it off. Oh, of course. So, what is the typical, if there is a typical um, ice situation around this year, is there one? Um, the closer we get up to Svalbard, the, the more likely it is to, to, to have pack ice around? Yes, well, we have to. We, I think we have to look at the um, at the way the barency is uh, in order to and the and the currents in the barency and how the oceanography of the area is um, is structured because. Uh, because that's at the basis of uh, the ice extent that you will see. In in March, uh, in recent years, um, 
the area that you're going to be sailing on so more or less a straight line between northern norway and and spitsbergen is is ice free is going to be ice free uh, because uh, there is quite a lot of um, hot water, the influx of hot water, hot, hot surface water coming from the south along the Norwegian coast, called the Norwegian coast. And, and when you say hot, you mean not frozen? Oh uh, yeah, I'm saying I'm saying hot because it's uh, it's the remains of the Gulf Stream, okay. and uh, it's uh, quite a few degrees above freezing point. And uh, and this is uh, a quite a quite a large amount of water coming over to the Barents Sea. Now, <clears throat> if the Barents Sea, in uh, which is this area uh, that you're going to cross, is uh, starting from a division line that goes between more or less Tromsø over to West Spitsbergen, and then goes eastward towards Novaya Zemlya. And uh, northwards is uh, the northwards limits are the northern shores or the southern shores of the northern islands of uh, of Spitsbergen and Franz Josef Land, and it is a part of the Arctic Ocean. So you have a lot of ice in the in the area, but it's also it's also very shallow. Um, it has an average depth of just two hundred meters. Two hundred. So yeah, two hundred meters. It's not. It's not a deep ocean. Yeah. So you have um, you have this current coming out along the Norwegian Sea, a Norwegian current, Norwegian coast, the Norwegian current, that pushes water northwards, and a branch of it goes into the Barents Sea along the Norwegian coast, and another branch goes upwards along this uh, shelf break between the Barents Sea, which is about 200 meters deep, and the North Atlantic Ocean, or the Norwegian Sea, which is quite deep. It's an ocean, so it's, you're going down to a couple of thousand, meter, thousand meters. And so you have a, a branch of this current going up and warming up uh, West Svalbard, West Spitsbergen, and uh, and it's a West Pittsburgh current, and then this other one, other current that heats up the coast of Norway and of the Kola Peninsula, and so keeps the harbor of Murmansk ice-free um, all year round. But then you have also a current coming down from the Arctic Ocean that is cold, and uh, that is pushing uh, along the northern shores of the or the northern parts of the Barents Sea. So it's coming along uh, Franz Josef Land, which is an area that is notoriously embedded in ice for most of the year, hmm. and then is passing close to Spitsbergen and, uh, and having a, a mixing with the, uh, with the uh, West, Norwegian, West uh, Norwegian or the West Spitsbergen current, the Norwegian current that goes up to the west of, of Svalbard. So does the the fact that the, that it's relatively shallow you said about an average of 200 meters um does that influence the currents like are, are there any dangerous currents there or is that is that shallow enough that it won't really matter Well the the danger there are there are two aspects here when when a sea is so shallow the surface currents have a a great influence on the whole uh aspect of the of this of the sea because there are no deep water current passing uh in uh, 
not not in the way that we have in the in the North Atlantic Ocean, for example. Um, so the the surface currents have a, a great influence on the oceanography, on the meteorology as well, because uh, when you have currents that are traveling a couple of knots, um, uh, you have a uh, the possibility of having a lot of swell if the wind comes against the current and this is uh, very often the case uh, in the Barents Sea that you have very very steep waves because you have a current going in one direction and the wind coming uh-huh. in the other direction and, uh, and then another phenomenon and uh, it happens with quite a lot of different wind situations but uh, it's due to the uh, to the uh, temperature of the water is that you get often a lot of fog because of the hot water coming from the south or the warmer water coming from the south and that meets the the cold uh, water uh, coming from the northeast. So at the the limit where these water mix and that's a lot around Bjornoya, for example, north of Bjornoya. You have uh, Obear Island. You have a lot of a lot of fog. Interesting. All right. So yes, I'm 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 so I'm very ra- much looking forward to that. <laughs> yes, and ra- radar is a uh, is one of the instruments. The radar is one of the instruments that uh, is uh, very good to have on board. It's, when it's a lifesaver, probably. Yes, you have um, the possibility of uh, of checking the traffic of the fishing vessels, for example, and uh, checking the position of the of the oil rigs or the gas rigs. Um, this is uh, it's not the North Sea, so you don't have the same density of of rigs around you. It's not as dangerous as the um, as the North Sea to cross, but but, um, but you have quite a lot of traffic around. And if it's foggy, and, there's uh, always the, the danger of a collision. Yeah, it's not pleasant to uh, to come too close to another ship if you do not know, if you don't do it uh, voluntarily, <laughs> if you don't do it uh, with uh, with knowledge that there is another ship. And uh, and the uh, the the uh, fishing vessels do not necessarily go north south as you are going to be doing, uh, sailing north directly straight. Oh, up. we're crossing their path pretty much. So you probably cross uh, the path. There is a greater chance of crossing the path with another ship. And um, if, uh, well, Floris or Floris, one of the two Florises are going to be the two captains, captains, (laughs) uh, depending on who is going to be on board, uh, are going to be having a decision to make. Uh, They have a a decision to make, which is uh, whether to uh, sail uh, further west of Björnaya, so exploiting the uh, northwards current uh, that is pushing up north, or uh, to be, and it's going to be on the deeper ocean, uh, or sailing a little bit further east and, uh, and passing uh, with the, the chance of having some current against you. But uh, depending on the wind, it could, be, uh, it could be more profitable to be further east and then being on the shallow area. And that's where you probably have greater chance of meeting other, other ships. Because others are so, taking the same decision, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, well, the fishing the fishing boats are of going to where where the fish where the fish is or where they think the fish is. So it's uh, it's quite important to um, 
it's quite important to uh, keep a good lookout. <laughs> so, uh, as I have never done this passage, but you have before, is there anything you, you'd say, I should definitely bring, I should not leave back home and it's probably going to be the sick bag or something yeah well something some sort of comfort uh, against seasickness is uh, is important yeah i'm, you, I'm not susceptible it's, it's to very, it but yeah so uh, i've never done a good. passage like this <laughs> i think that it is extremely important to uh, keep um, warm um so um having good uh, a good set of uh, warm clothes um it's going to be quite humid uh, that's my experience uh, not necessarily rain but uh, it's it's going to be uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, humidity in the air and of course if the temperatures are around zero just above zero that's as uncomfortable as it can get i would uh, advise you to bring a uh, uh, ski goggles Okay. Uh, light, light colored ski goggles um, with a, with a lens, uh, you know, for for um, not not for the uh, not for the sunshine, but uh, for the contrast, for, uh, something like orange. Yeah, like like orange or or yellow. Uh -huh. Because that, if you especially if you're staying out, that's uh, it's, it's good to have your eyes protected against the uh, maybe a little bit of sleet, a little bit of uh, of drizzle. And and with, and, the, with uh, the fog, this will help uh, with the contrast yeah. to see better. Uh, if I remember correctly, you had a very good uh, hat, very warm. Yeah, um, so you should should bring that and a and a buff for your uh, for your mouth and mm. for your chin. That's uh, and and a good pair of of gloves, um, mittens maybe. Because if you are if you are going to be having turns at the wheel, especially in the Nordlicht where the wheel is outside you'd um, have to be protected against uh, against that against the wind and against the cold and being able to sit to stand outside for maybe an hour or two good boots and then of course all your photo equipment because you'll be uh, crossing areas where you could see uh, all sorts of uh, whales from minkies fin blue whales say whales so the big uh, rock whales you'll have uh, the possibility during this passage to see uh, white-beaked dolphins. Um, this is the dolphin, the most common dolphin around there. Um, there are, as you reach close to Svalbard, you probably, you could have a chance of seeing belugas close to the shore. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, and also, uh, at that time, well, it might be a little bit... Uh, Depending on how the ice conditions are uh, are looking at, you might have uh, the bowhead whales, um, and uh, and then well, as you get close to the shore, especially you could uh, probably spot uh, polar bears or walruses. Um, even though my very first polar bear was uh, was sighted swimming in the ocean just halfway between Bear Island and South Cape in Spitsbergen, they, so. they go that far. Yeah, sometimes they get stranded, you know, like, or they go uh, because the ice... Uh, oh, they might be on an ice uh, float and then uh, mm, be outside? Yeah, well, they they might have walked down to, to Bear Island when the ice reached it. Um, now it doesn't look like there is going to be any ice reaching Bear Island, ah, but uh, they might be uh, just uh, swimming back to a place where they walk to, and then the ice retreats and I see. comes out, or they might be blown offshore off, uh, off uh, their course by, by wind. 
So always keep an eye for white spots on the sea. It could be ice. It could be something else. Well, I'll and then you have look. also also the also well, you'll have a lot loads of fulmars and uh, probably some puffins, some guillemots. Bear Island is uh, is um, is a well known spot for Brunix guillemots. So it's one of the places where you could find a lot of them. These little penguin-like birds, about forty centimeters tall. Especially in the South Shore, there are uh, cliffs where there are lots of guillemots. It's going to be too early for them to be nesting, but uh, probably you'll have already some coming around. Some hanging out. Yes. And little orcs. Awesome. Well, I'll, I'll do my best to... I'll, I'll definitely record a lot and have a lot of uh, video from that, and I'll probably put together something while I'm there. Yeah. Sitting, sitting yeah, yeah, inside the ship, warming up and, and having yes, something and, to and do remember there. Willem Barnes, for example coming up and uh and trying to find the northeast passage and uh sailing around uh, the barren sea that later he gave the name to yes and uh without uh without the comforts of the Nordelicht. oh definitely so Nordelicht is quite comfortable so yes all right wow interesting so i have something to look forward to for sure i'm sure you have and i'll, I'll bring back stuff when i'm back okie dokie sure. i think we've covered it for this episode unless there's anything important we're missing no i think we covered the most of the things that we could see about uh, about the baron sea well it's especially if uh, we have some listeners that uh, have some special requests uh, we can uh, treat those in a next episode so exactly. just write to us yes let us know you can find all the other episodes uh, including this one well first of all wherever you get your podcasts of course also on curiouslypolar.com there's also ways to contact us on the website and um, yeah, I think that covers it for this week until next time take care and stay cool stay cool Chris stay cool Chris